Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Won't You Date Me, a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out why I'm still single. Even though you could take me to Paris and stay in the hotel the whole time, I'll say, oh, well, thank you, sir. Anyway, my my guest today is a world-renowned intuitionist and psychic to the stars. I'm using that in parentheses because I watched a video where she, she said she didn't like the word psychic. She's a best-selling <laughs> author who spent three decades helping others use their intuitive abilities to create profound changes in their lives. Her clientele includes A-list celebrities like Demi Moore, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, ooh, baby, he's so hot, Gwyneth Paltrow, just to name a few, it's Laura Day! What a lovely intro, thank you! <laughs> oh, no problem. I have so many questions for you. Um, how did you get into being an intuitive person? Is that the correct... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can call it psychic for the purposes of the discussion. The reason I don't like to use the word psychic is that you don't, there's no qualifications normally to mm-hmm. being a psychic. So everyone thinks they're half psychic, right? And mm-hmm. so a lot of people can give you a lot of information saying it's the truth. And we believe what we want to believe, which helps us be blinder. So it's dangerous. I, uh, my students are rigorously trained and supervised. And if I send them clients, they're watched all the time because I see their work. So... How I started was when I was um, 20, 
one years old, I was trying to figure out what to do with my mm. life. And I have very bad ADHD. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And I see um, I was a math and science nerd. I went to a school called Stuyvesant in New York that was just full mm-hmm. of math and science nerds. And I uh, saw on TV this uh, uh, show about um, how how these doctors and, and hospitals were doing intuition, doing research on intuition, basically, on the extended mm-hmm. capacities of perception, on seeing the future, on being able to do medical diagnosis, smart diagnosis, all these things. So I, I call them up and I say, oh, I can do what, what, what you're talking about. And it was the first realization I ever had, which I think you don't really realize until you're in your 40s. Mm-hmm. The first realization wow, everyone doesn't know they can do this? Like, <laughs> like, doesn't everyone eat? Doesn't everyone see the color red? My, my husband's colorblind. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was actually stunned that people weren't aware they could do it. Because for me, this had been a disability my whole life and mm-hmm. not an ability. And I didn't think I was, was different, really. I just thought that I, you know, needed a better filter, because, of course, okay. I would say things to people that hadn't happened yet, then they'd happen. And I've got to tell you, that does not make you popular in third grade. <laughs> and it doesn't make it. adults around you very happy either. And you know when people are, you know, it's just, it, it's not a great social skill. It's great mm-hmm. once you direct it and train it. So when you were young, you would be able to tell people things that were going to happen and then they would happen, but they come back to you and be like, hey, Laura, uh, something's up with you. No, they would not sit at my lunch table anymore. <laughs> oh, no. No, I mean, you know, the, the, um, the reality is how intuition often works is what's on the forefront of someone's concern or feeling or the next big boom in their life. Because it's mm-hmm. the loudest thing is the thing you pick up. And often those aren't very nice things. Um, often they're hard things like, uh, like um, I'm sorry about your Nana. And then two days later, Nana dies. And mm-hmm. then as a child also, you don't know, am I causing bad things? And oh. But also it's not – people want to be seen when they choose to be seen. And they want to be seen without judgment. And – not, you know, not that as a nine-year-old or 10-year-old or 15-year-old I judge, but people really, you know, we are our game in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we see one of the things I train people to do in love, for example, is to shift what is seen in a way that gives you a better chance in the market, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it, it really wasn't a skill until I, I, I was tested and all of a the sudden these researchers say, oh, my goodness, you know, we found our Frico that we can work on. And they found a (laughs) lot of other people like me. Um, Mm -hmm. And everyone has different specialties, things they're really good at. Um, And and so in a way, I learned to utilize what we all do. I do it more than most because of trauma and because of my the way my brain is made. Mm -hmm. But but I learned to do what we all do within a structure, because when you are uh, part of research, it's important to know when what you receive is correct or what you receive is incorrect. And mm-hmm. that's very much how I train the students that I have is I, I train them in a way that their data is accurate. Um, 
So I tell them, uh, be very careful of things you can't prove. And by the way, mm-hmm. you can change things. So that's how I started. They were recorded. Now, this is back in the early 80s when people didn't talk about, oh, my gut feeling or my intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is back in the early 80s. I don't, most of you weren't born. And <laughs> and and um, so things were, were filmed. I don't even think there was video yet. I'm not sure. But things on TV – because something was recorded without my permission, because I did it. I did it with the agreement of anonymity. I'm from a whole family of doctors, mm-hmm. and that this is definitely not what you wanted to be known for in the early '80s. Um, I I did it on the on on the condition of anonymity. They televised one of the experiments, and all of a sudden, I had this instant following. I didn't even know the word psychic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was an and and so people would say, and I was so lucky to be in a position. Where, where, um, in a sense, I was sheltered because I was a valuable product. I was a valuable test subject. But also, people would say things like, "Well, can you tell us what's wrong with this body?" Well, I don't know, but I'll try. Can you tell us what's going to happen with this stock? I don't know, but I'll try. Can you, you tell us where artifacts are buried under the ground in Rome? I don't know, but I'll try. So I really got trained by people asking, can you do this? My not Mm -hmm. knowing if I could, and then my having to find a way to do it accurately. And that, that, you know, I always tell people, take calculated risks, but take risks. I guess I just don't understand how, when you say, I don't know, but I'll try, how, (laughs) like, what does trying entail? So, for example, say, uh, in in the beginning of practical intuition, there's actually one of the doctors who worked with me tells a little story about a group of people who and 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 they'd come up every you know each everybody has different tests depending on what they want to know so they mm-hmm. wanted to know if I could tell them what was inside a closed box well I already knew I could do that but I said I, you know I don't know but I'll try and so I uh, they 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 pointed the box I wasn't allowed to hold it. Um, I, I don't even know if I was allowed to see the box, if it was in the, it was, it's probably in the book, but this is 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, I see, I see, uh, something that makes a sound when you blow air into it. And I see someone really sad, a boy far away from home. And I said, I like just, well, I would experience these things. And I experienced, I experienced sadness and I knew it was a boy. And I tell them, so I just try, like what they ask me, what's in this box? Like someone will say, I work only with companies now, except for my students. And a company will say, uh, can you tell me if this drug will be approved by the FDA? And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll, I'll use the, and this is part of the training. I'll use my same five senses and I'll say, well, huh, will it? And then I'll notice and I'll move my attention around in time. And and your attention are your five senses. And then I'll hit on something and I'll say, oh yeah, we're in May. And that happens. Or maybe March. It's an M. Is it March? Is it May? Is it raining? Uh, are tulips? So I'll find, mm-hmm. I'll use my senses to find the answer. And sometimes it just comes up almost like a computer program, but, but it's, you know, it's a, di- the difference between creative visualization or manifesting mm-hmm. practices and intuition is in intuition, you have a target and then you allow. 
And if you go to a psychic and they're telling you everything that you already know, but nothing new and you're not disturbed and it's everything you hoped, it's probably not a reading. Oh, then what is it? Because I've had psychic readings where they tell me just a ton of stuff that I'm like, yes, this is all true. And nothing like it was no new information or it was like information where they said it and then it just never happened. So the way I... I, the way that, that I was trained and the way I train my students is that someone comes and they ask a question and they ask, you know, oh, uh, I don't know, when will I be in love? And, mm-hmm. you know, or I'll say, well, the first thing I sense is, wow, that's the wrong question. The question is, when will you be truly partnered? And so I look at that question and I say, wow, you are super good at fantasy relationships and that should stop. And if it doesn't stop, then then I I don't see really you're having the match you should have for um, you know for eight or nine months. How do I see that? I see it eight, but it's a little over eight, but it's a little less than nine. And then I begin to experience someone who's in the background. They're there. They're kind of there, but not as there as the person wishes they'd be there. And I just keep reporting. And I Mm -hmm. report and I report and I report. And I warn people at the beginning of a reading, just like I warn my companies, when you're bored with what I'm saying, just stop me because I will talk forever. Because I hate it when people, (laughs) when my students say to me, oh, I gave them a reading. I'm not getting anything more. I'm like, excuse me? You could do a reading on a pimple for 17 hours, <laughs> you know, the kind of bacteria, where it came from, what that part piece of skin has experienced before, where it's going. And and someone should give you some history or something that's a reality in your life now that they can't tell just by looking at you. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, and I do this with my companies too, just because I don't know if I'm right or wrong, unless the whole timeline makes sense. And the timeline doesn't start with a reading. The timeline starts in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people say, oh, they know nothing about me. Well, first of all, with, I don't know what you all call it, Googles or whatever, when you search <laughs> something, you know, you know a lot about people. But even just from a name, you get a sense. And listen, mm-hmm. even a clock is right twice a day. And the scariest thing about going to people who are not well-trained for readings is that they can be – everyone's intuitive. Mm-hmm. They can be right about this but wrong about all the other things, and that makes you complacent, which is why it's so important in love and life to have a goal. And by the way, you have to interrupt me because I literally will talk <laughs> and talk and talk. But I'm – in. Like, for me, it's I, this is very interesting – uh, I just, so you say everyone's intuitive. So what are things that people can do to practice their intuition? Well, I've written six books on the subject, but my, <laughs> my, my, um, my favorite way people really experience the effects of intuition because, and remind me, I just said that, um, is by using a methodology called the circle. So bring me back to that. Um, because I want to say something in between. Okay. And because of my ADHD, I will forget that. ADHD, by the way, is a very intuitive mind. You're jumping all around. I have ADHD so, yeah. and it's sometimes I I don't feel very intuitive. Then oh, but but that's not true. It's that's intuitive flooding. 
that's that you're feeling what other people feel. You're so flooded by other people's judgments, by other people's emotions, by, by other people's telepathy. You're so flooded by your own future and pieces of your own past. And you're so flooded with energy that, of mm-hmm. course, it's the same reason I can't find anything in my shoe closet. I probably have 500 <laughs> pair of shoes. I'm like Imelda Marcos, which none of you probably know who she is anymore. No, I know who Imelda Marcos is. My mother used to say that about me because I love shoes. Okay, but I'm a mess. So I can never find like a pink, sh- two pink shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what intuition is like for most people. It's just more stuff in our messy experience. And the more intuitive you are, think of most of the intuitives, you know, their lives are not successful and together. And that's one thing I'm really strict about with my students. Like you will not do this like at the expense of your own life, your own life has to be successful first because, Mm -hmm. because intuition doesn't give you the ability to do something. It gives you information to do things right. But then there's a lot that goes into being able to do those, those, those things. Right. And now I totally forgot what the I remember. Okay. I remember because I was just repeating it and kind of half listening. Circle. <laughs> you mentioned something about a circle that you wanted to come You're back so to. So cute. But there was something that I wanted to interrupt <laughs> myself with oh. to tell you about what was the original question? Do you remember? Mm. You and I, ADD in oh, action. Boy. We were talking about how to build intuition skills. Oh, Mars, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. So, if Think about this, all of you, for a second. If you did everything that you're supposed to do for 20 minutes a day for your health and well-being, you would not have time to live a day. 20 mm-hmm. minutes of meditation, 20 minutes of exercise, 20 minutes of healthy eating, 20 minutes of breathing. So really, unless you're training to be an intuitive or really want to hone that skill in a very precise way, the best way to engage your intuition is buying by using a system that I call the circle. And I started this, I mean, the system works whether you're a company or you're a person. The book, The Circle, has a workbook and it's it's done in esoteric language, but actually it's a very firm structure. So mm-hmm. here's what intuition needs. And, and, and this is how all intuitive information gets sorted out of the mess. Intuition needs a target or a question, or better even yet, because our questions make us anxious and disempower us, a goal. Mm -hmm. So once you have a goal, already intuition begins to notice the information in your environment. And that what, what you end up doing is attracting or putting yourself into new situations to meet that goal. And then you have the opportunity to respond intuitively, which is what is what what would build this for me, or respond not intuitively, which is how do I do? You know, I'm going to do the same old knee jerk habit or pattern over and over again. And most of you, if you think of it, no matter how like great this new relationship was, and it started differently, and a blah blah blah, it ends mm-hmm. up the same. Those are that's your patterning. That's what your intuition is choosing because your goals are not conscious. You think, oh, I'm manifesting love. I want to find love. That's my goal. But no, actually, your goal is to not threaten mommy so daddy won't leave. Or your goal is it's some subconscious Mm. pattern. And that's what really gets in your way because the reality is 
you know, there are, there are many lids for every kettle. Mm-hmm. Often, you know, when people come and they say, well, I haven't manifested a word I hate, by the way. I haven't <laughs> manifested. Because manifest, because manifest, because I hate magicalizing words. Once you okay. magicalize a word, you make it unusable. Manifest means make something happen. When mm-hmm. I want to manifest breakfast, I cook it or I ask my <laughs> housekeeper to do it. You know, and I think we live in an era of magicalizing everything, you mm-hmm. know. Um, if someone is a medium and is going to do a reading about a dead person, I want real data. I don't want the magic. Not every dead person is, oh, I'm okay. And I love you. And I, you know, uh, when some, when someone asks a reading about love, I'm sorry, if they don't have it already, there's mm-hmm. something that they need to make happen differently. And that starts with them. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't stumble into the right place in time anyway. But if they want it now, and of course, I don't know about you, but I want everything now. Um, If they want it now, (laughs) then they have to do something differently because we create our lives. Yes. I mean, there are people who are born with so many different disadvantages. But I know uh, a young girl who I met at nine named Brooke Ellison. She was hit by a car on her way home from middle school, a quadriplegic on a respirator, so she she can only speak assisted, and she has a mechanical device breathing for her. She is so beloved. She has a degree from Harvard. She has a PhD. She's a full professor at Stony Book, and she's an author, and she's beautiful and wonderful. And so, so it is. It is what what we do to some degree with what we have, and also how we use our intuition to interface with the world in a Mm -hmm. way that we find a world that will help us. And we need to learn to do that because subconsciously, you know, I I grew up in a very abusive home and subconsciously that's what I'm really attracted to. That feels like home to me. Mm. (laughs) You know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, when, when there's food, I shovel it because, you know, I had adults who forgot for days, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to remember to do things differently you know, and, and, and so we, we all have to repattern ourselves, but intuition helps you do it. A, when you set a goal, Mm -hmm. B, when you know that everything you encounter, once you set that goal, intuitively you're choosing. And so you ask yourself, what have I done in the past here? And, and right now, what do I notice feels like the right thing to do. Not mm-hmm. what do I want to do? Because what you want to do is always your subconscious pattern. But what do I feel like the right thing to do is? And then there are, you know, many, and then you practice doing it. One of the most powerful things, and I want you all to do this now. One of the most powerful things you can do is something called embodiment. And it's the way mm-hmm. you send telepathy, which is person to person communication. So I want all of you, because this is called Why Won't You Date Me? So I'm assuming we're talking about love here, right? Always. I'm always talking about love because uh, I can't find it. But here's the thing. Your target is wrong. You don't want to be working to find love. You want love to find you. So I mean, it would be ideal. But might, might not. You don't know. Um, so here's what I want all of you to do. I want you to embody. And what this is what embodiment is. It's not creative visualization. I want you to notice yourself, all of you, 
in the relationship you want to be in. And no, no, I see your little eyes rolling up. No, when your eyes roll up, you're in imagination and fantasy. Keep your eyes level, be present. And then your senses are taste, smell, feeling, hearing, seeing, knowing, remembering, and noticing. Those Mm -hmm. are your senses. So without making, don't magicalize this. And you always start by being just where you are right now in this moment, okay? So where you are in this moment. And now I want you to allow the partner who is going to be the relationship you want and who really wants you, because I'm assuming that you all don't want a dysfunctional relationship. I've done that. I'm telling you, not a good idea. (laughs) But that person, I want you to notice what do you, and I'm not asking, please don't report this because that's your private information, but all of you. I want you to notice, not look for, notice. How do you feel? Where are you? How far in the future is it? What are you tasting? Don't look, notice. I want you to notice um, what's what's around the room that wasn't uh, what that wasn't there before. Maybe all of a sudden you see these engineering things boards around the room, and you're not an engineer. Gee. Maybe this person is some kind of an engineer or somebody who draws something because I'm those you see those slanted boards. So you just notice. And, and you, then instead of trying to get into all prediction and control, you interact. Maybe you go over to your partner or those of you who are polyamorous partners and you walk over uh, in, in with all of those senses. And what does that person smell like? What do they love about you? What do you love about them? Notice, don't look for it. And these aren't questions you have to answer. But, you, but you, if you aren't like imagining or man, like if you're, if you're not doing a fantasy thing, I don't understand how you can do what you're saying. Honey, you do that all the time. Everyone does that all the time. Think of the last time, all of you, that you just scared yourself shitless. Okay. Now you weren't imagining something triggered you. Someone said, uh, like, for example, the California, the, my, the thing on my um, New York Times alert triggered me. I was in a perfectly happy mood and I was triggered by something external about them changing the, the assault rifle law in California after 30 mm-hmm. years. Um, that, and then I'm going to a place in time and I don't want to start doing a world reading and I'm looking at the Supreme Court. Your, your attention, that's not imagination. That's following your attention. Imagination is more like drawing a picture. Following your attention is what am I feeling? What am I noticing? Oh my God, where am I going? It's almost, you have to run after yourself. You're not Mm -hmm. trying to bring it in. And it is something that you learn. Real quick, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because 
Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U. L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code date me 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N U U L Y.com newly with two U's with code date me 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you read something and then you have feelings, the reading it, caused it i'm still like really right. trying to understand yes, how to like uh feel a partner without having something triggering that well i think you do that all the time we all do that all the time like we're all just sitting around all the time and we are in perfectly good company and then all of a sudden we feel our loneliness that's often intuition that's someone maybe even in the next room at a party you know What's not in your normal course of being mindful, which is being present in this moment, or I like to say in this point in time space, those other places, that's not fantasy. Most of that is intuition when you have a goal or target. You know, we all want those clear computer printouts. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to read somebody else than it is yourself. Because of course, maybe you say, okay, my target is being in love, but nobody, not you, but in general, no, mm -hmm. you know, uh, nobody I want is really going to want me. That's been proven. You know, no one who I really want is ever really going to want me. And I am so much more than I'm able to show. And like all these feelings are going to come in, but that's okay. You let them come in. And, but you go back to your target. And my target is like when I wanted a, a new partner, I, my target was, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, which is part of the Jewish wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I just thought, okay, what that, you know, okay, that's my target. And what, what do I feel now? I feel completely alone. And my son just went off to college and I'm in my fifties and who would want this right now? And I'm a weird psychic and that's a mess. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm scrawny and I'm irritable and I'll never have one, someone. And all of a sudden I notice a cowboy hat in like kind of just in my attention. It, mm -hmm. it, it just appears. I'm not looking for it. I'm not being creative. And then I am, you know, I, I just, and this I'm doing while I'm walking on the street. I'm not sitting down and making it a practice. <laughs> I'm, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And I walk down the street and I see everybody partnered, but I'm not. Um, and then I notice a big movie poster. And I, but the difference with me is I write these things down. And mm -hmm. yes, people, I still use pen and paper, but <laughs> whatever you all do, I write these things down. And so, you know, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And my idea is I, and I had rules, by the way, for dating. Have, they cannot be in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. They need to be exactly my age. They need to have children. They need to have been divorced. They need to be good fathers. I I don't want anybody who's... Anyway, I had all of these things that I just were in my head that didn't work. And so, so as I'm walking along, but I record this. 
and they begin to make a picture. And I notice that as I say, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, I'm beginning to do different things and respond in different ways. Like I'm a real introvert. I began to really, instead of with my girlfriends, just kind of like bullshit, I, I began to say things I never say because I'm one of those really proud people. Like, mm-hmm. if you know anyone nice, introduce me because I don't think I have the best judgment, which for a psychic is kind of hard to say. Like, yeah, I've got great intuition. I can tell you something, but I'm really messed up in this area of my life. So can you – so that was intuitive. Don't pick your own people. You have too much – and by the way, I married a screenwriter from from Colorado, cowboy mm-hmm. country. You know, I mean, it's just it, – and, and, and it was all there. When I look in my circle journal – it was all there. And I was building it as I was noticing it. Now, what happens when you do that? You begin to shift inside of yourself. You begin to notice the the can-do part, not the can-do or the don't-have, mm-hmm. the do-have and the can-do. Because the life you want is made up of your can-dos and what you want. Mm-hmm. And the can-dos, listen, we're all a mess on the flip side. You know, there is no one. I work with the most, you know, well, well-regarded, well-renowned spiritual teachers, healers, psychics, researchers, movie stars, blah, blah, blah. We all have a slime side. It's just, you know, when you are taught to work through your slime side mm-hmm. and not through your empowerment, that is telepathically what you're sending out. And one of my books is called How to Rule the World from Your Couch. And the reason I called it that was that actually... You set the energy from your life from your couch. You shift your telepathy from your couch, doing that circle exercise, doing embodiment, just noticing, okay, I'm sitting here alone feeling like an idiot. My goal is my beloved and my beloved is mine. And I am a total jerk and this is never going to work. And I'm 50 odd years old and no one's ever going to want me. Blah, 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 blah. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, and you Google me and there's all these lies that are total nasty. And who is ever going to want blah, 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 blah. But what you <laughs> notice that underneath that noise, someone calls you and says, I have someone you need to meet. Or why do you mm-hmm. come to this party? And blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, your telepathy under that, because you are being stubborn, you are going back to, yeah, I am a completely unlovable human and blah, 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 but something else is happening. What's happening is you're shifting your telepathy. And often you'll notice that once you set a goal and once you embody, so once you allow yourself to notice those out of the blue perceptions and kind of keep track of them, give them some power, even sometimes act on them if they're safe. Mm -hmm. What you'll notice is your life changes for you. You co-create with the world around you. Things happen and things happen because you are sending out very different energy, literally, even if you are not walking out of your house. If you do it and walk out of your house, it works even better because, you know, (laughs) the fact of the Uh matter is that's really important. And it all is I've been doing this for 40 years now. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am 62 years old and I work with you know, tens of thousands, I don't know, huge groups of people and followed them over a lifetime because I'm very intrusive. You know, so my Mm -hmm. students get calls for me and say, you're about to do this. And I would think twice, you know, I'm very, I've never seen anyone who cannot find the perfect person. And I've never seen a perfect relationship because relationships are always work. And the work Mm -hmm. starts with you, uh, you know, because if you 
if you don't, I don't believe you have to love yourself to find love. I think that's a load of crock. But if that were true, I would have never found love. But you have to be willing to demand respect, even if you have to fake that willingness. Mm-hmm. To, to You have to be willing to have certain boundaries. And when when your, your uh, boundaries or openness are, cha- are challenged, really allow intuition to come in and give you different ways of responding. I also think it's really important to be careful what you say uh, to the world because I'm looking at a beautiful, young, attractive, you know, I mean, I am. I mean, you know, well, I could have given birth to twice. And (laughs) I think it's really, you know, we do our own self-hypnosis all the time. Mm -hmm. So you are reaffirming to the subconscious. Yet is a very good word. I have not found the person to share my life with yet. And I am determined. I mean, you know, listen, uh, all of you think of something you accomplished. And for some of you, that may just be surviving, but think of something you've accomplished against all odds. And, and some of those things may not seem like big accomplishments to other people, but they do they, they, they are because other people don't know your history. They don't know the, the, the things you've been through. They don't know what you started out with. You know, think of those and, and build on your power. When you help the world disempower you, which the world will do every second, does every second, every day. But when you help that, you're choosing that world. So be mm-hmm. careful of the language you use, you know. Um, and the things and the things you say, because once again, then you send out different telepathy. The first filmed experiments on telepathy that were convincing, you know, that were verifiable. Wait, what's te- telepathy is? So I you send can... you a feeling. I send you a sense. I send you an image. I send you a desire and you mm-hmm. feel it and respond to it. So you may not know it. But we're doing that all the time. We are speaking to the world around us, which doesn't mean, you know, I, I come from a really weird family. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that, for example, when I wanted to feel in love, I repressed the you're a weirdo. No. But what did I do? I started really trying to find at parties one thing enjoyable because I'm very shy. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a food I liked, a feeling good about a dress I was wearing, even though I wasn't loving my body. You know, I I tried to find like one pleasurable thing and that feeling of pleasure, the minute I could tap into pleasure, even if it was just rubbing my own arm, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden people would come toward me because what we don't realize is we're sending out signals all the time. So it's your job not to ignore the other stuff because the other stuff you do need to work on. But to focus on the pleasure signals so that that's what you're sending out. Because there are plenty for all, I say this to all of you listening, there are plenty of people a thousand times more fill in the nasty, horrible, self-judgmental things you want to than you who Mm -hmm. are in wonderful, loving relationships. So those people are sending out a different message. Mm -hmm. I feel like I put out good energy 
I just, I, I truly just feel like everyone is uh, in a relationship right now and there are no more single people, uh, or at least where I go. Like all of my friends are in relationships and I've been like, introduce me to someone like your boyfriend's friend. And they're like, oh, well, I have a couple single friends, but they're all single for a reason. And I'm like, oh, bad okay. self. first of all, bad self-hypnosis. Second of all, your chances of finding love were a hell of a lot better than mine in my 50s. And, you know, that's like you can always find the can't. And it's part of our job as human beings in any area of our life to find the can. By the way, having a successful podcast, a lot of people trying to do that, you're doing that. But I don't want to, I, 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 you know, as I told you, I hate I hate, I don't want to focus on people because I don't want to say, so I want to say things more generally because I don't, you know, the problem with intuition is you can say something personal and the person doesn't want it said. So I want to say really to all of you, the statistics don't matter. You know, you are always the exception because you're always an individual. It is really what it is that you are intending and how much you're willing to allow what you're doing that gets in the way to come up. And a lot of it's painful if you haven't allowed it to come up all these years, how much you're willing to deal with to open up those juicy feeling, attracting receptors, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, you know, biologically in the body, if you give a medication to one person or another, it functions differently because some people have better receptors, for example, for pleasure hormones. Some people have don't, not as good receptors, but you can retrain that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I hate positive thinking, by the way. This is not positive. <laughs> I, I guarantee that if a bullet is coming at you, it will kill you or at least injure you if you don't do something different. Mm-hmm. Negative thinking is you're just staring at that bullet. It's going to hit you. Empowered, realistic thinking. I am, I do not have what I want now and I am going to and able to change that. And the, the most dangerous thing you can do in life is to stop wishing you mm-hmm. is to settle. At, and I don't mean settle. Listen, you know, I settle. I, I would love a man who knew how to make his own coffee. He's finally learned <laughs> to, to actually operate an espresso machine. Um, my, my hat's off to all his partners before, uh, you know, you, I don't mean, I don't mean settle in terms of we're all mixed bags. I'm sure he'd like someone who wasn't irritable at five o'clock in the afternoon when she's forgotten to eat all day, you know, and a total bitch, but he's got me, I've got him. His great outweighs his nasty. My great outweighs my nasty, I hope. And you work on a relationship and and what I think that part of the, part of what happens when you embody is you stop using your fantasy and imagination mm-hmm. and you start noticing the real work. So maybe you start having more friendships all of a sudden or more problems come up in friendships and at, that you have to work on. You have to say, oh, wait, no, you know what? This is toxic, but I don't have to end this in a toxic way. So you change something. Maybe you don't have to be like the injured one all the time, you know, mm-hmm. or the, uh, you, it's interesting how when you use empowered, realistic thinking and you say, this is my goal, I'm going to get there, even though really in my head, I'm saying there's no way I'm going to get there, but this is my goal. And I'm at least going to put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And then everything that comes up 
is part of the lesson plan. Mm -hmm. I feel like I do that. I can do that with like career stuff. Like I'm pretty intuitive. Like I know if I'm going to book something or not after an audition, you feel a vibe from the room. You kind of just know, but that is just me. And I'm essentially like in control of how I present to people. I'm in control of how I've learned my lines. I'm in control of how I say hello when I walk in, how I'm dressed. But when I'll keep it like broad, but like, so like in dating, I feel like a lot of people feel like it's out of their control because you can't control how someone feels. You can't control someone wanting you. Well, but, but you don't want to control how someone feels. First of all, if you're not picking, if you're not naturally in situations where people are wanting you, then you, then it's actually something in you because there are a gazillion people out there to want you. It's actually something in you that's either still injured, too afraid, uh, your fantasy is too strong to deny reality. Reality meaning like I, um, you know, I really saw myself with, with, with a doctor. I mean, I saw myself with like the not weird world in mm-hmm. my thing. And, and in a lot of ways that got in the way of my finding love. And I adore my husband. I won the husband lottery. I said I'd never get married again. That was a compromise. And now I'm happy. I, the minute I said I do, I actually got married in my kitchen in case I changed my mind at the last minute because I was so anxious. But I, the minute I said I do, I thought to myself, I burst into tears. I thought, oh my God, I have just done the most wonderful thing I've ever done in my life for myself. But, um, but it took me literally to after I said I do to feel that. And, and, you know, I've totally lost my train of thought here. You know, we get in our own way because it's not, it's not that it's not there. We get in our own way. And so if you are in a situation where you're never meeting those people, you have a really good reason, or it was a really good reason that when you were 11, may not be a really good reason now, mm-hmm. but you have a really good reason why you're putting yourself in that situation. And if you allow yourself enough appropriate support to address those really good reasons, um, because a lot of times those really good reasons we've had to cover up by being exceptional in some way and by you know being cheerful or being helpful or being, we've had to cover them up. But if you allow yourself to address those really good reasons and they will come up if you stick with a goal, what and and then you allow yourself, you notice, well, when this comes up, usually I shut it down. Mm-hmm. What else could I do with this? And intuition will answer you. That's the weird thing. And the wonderful thing about intuition is when you're in a situation. So, for example, I married a man I met when I was 16. So I really didn't have a dating life. Mm-hmm. And then when I had a baby, I kind of fell into something with the first person I fell into it with. And then... When my son went to college and I was really ready for something for me, you know, what I noticed having never been in a world where men were kind of part of it, except for professionally, is that when I liked a man, I was actually super not nice because (laughs) because it made me nervous. Like, will they think I like them or will I or I was super big energy, you know, super Laura Day or I was off-putting and, and, and because, and it was just like, before I'd even, I I felt like I wanted to rip my tongue out, like before I'd even, 
And I and so I really had to kind of notice. I have a wonderful friend who's a great flirt, and I noticed what she did. And I spent some time with her, and I tried to flirt like I tried to flirt back because she flirts with the entire world, and everyone falls in love with her. And you know, she's you know, and I I I I was I learned, and then. When someone came up to me, I was a little less off-putting. And then when I first met my husband, I called the woman who introduced us and I said, not interested. Hmm. But I had a three-date rule because I realized I was only interested in people, and I won't say it because I don't want to insult anyone. I was only interested in people who actually were not people that were nice or they were nice, not people who were good for me. I was only interested in what I knew from childhood. And Mm -hmm. so I had a three day rule and, and if I could possibly manage it, a one kiss rule. And by the third date, I was like, I still couldn't admit to myself that I was going to be in love with this person. But by the third date, I was like, Oh, well, he's really fun to be with. And so I slipped into being with him a lot. And then like after about seven months, if he was gone for the night, I was starving for him. Mm-hmm. But I still wasn't ready to be in love because this is not my image of my life. And then after, you know, I don't know, a year, I see engagement. And I'm like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and things came up in other relationships for me to work those things out, you know other relationships that had other expectations. So I didn't actually, and that's how intuition works. It'll bring all these little teaching experiments in. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, oh my God, what if it had been one date and I had walked away from this handsome, sexy, loving, devoted, successful, brilliant, miraculous man. It terrifies me to look back. I'm so glad I played by my rules. Mm-hmm. I don't have any rules, but uh, that could be a problem. <laughs> Real quick, we have to take a break. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, We have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Yeah, I don't really have rules. I very much am like, if I like you and I like your vibe, I, well, I guess lately I've been letting men chase me because I was chasing them and that wasn't working. So I like change that. And yeah, other than that, like I don't really have any rules that and I won't tell people how I actually feel about them anymore because I come off a little too strong. And perhaps that is a child you not coming off a little too strong. But if you're doing something that's alienating, usually it's not in integrity with who you really are right now. But but there are there are, we all have rules. We're just not all conscious of them. Oh, interesting. So when I had, when I was unconscious of the fact that I was off putting to men who showed interest in me, which was a defense also from being young and unprotected when, you know, in my generation and probably is true today, but 
you really, you know, you were undefended, you know, something happened to you and it was your fault. And there was no there, you know, I, I was a teenager in the early seventies. So, so I had this things and I wasn't even aware of my rules. You're never alone with a man. You know, you never ask someone else for, I wasn't aware of my rules, Mm -hmm. but, but then when I started, when my target, when my goal started to be, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. All of a sudden, the way intuition works, I started being aware of these inner rules that had a place when I was an undefended, beautiful, totally didn't know about the world 17 year old, but Mm -hmm. didn't have the place when I was a in control, successful, very able to defend 52 year old, except maybe don't be alone in an apartment with a man you don't know until you know the whole, which I still think is a good thing. Or, or with a partner, you know, don't mm-hmm. like, like be, meet in a, you know, get to know each other in a safe space. But that's just my mother talking. I know you said that you didn't want to read me, but I like had a psychic reading recently and they said that I was going to meet someone in July and then be in a relationship by the end of the year. Do you feel intu- intuitively that that's true? What I feel is because I will stick, I do stick by my rules. <laughs> what I do feel is you really hope that's true. And what I also know from working with people is that if you were willing to do the work and which is, by the way, that's, it's hard. Like I am 62 years old and I'm still doing the work in places of my life to process my history, to process my past, to process how I'm different, to process how, how I'm vulnerable. But, but I do know that if I let it come up and I, and I allow myself instead of being reassured, which is the danger of psychic readings, mm-hmm. I, I allow myself to get some intuition more about what do I have to do to have this happen soon? And then when might it happen? That already I see part of a problem with people going to intuitive readings. This is a typical problem where someone says, this will happen. And because you want to reassure yourself, and I'm talking about you, I'm talking in general, mm-hmm. instead of dealing with the whatever pain is keeping you back, um, you want to cling to that. And all that is, is, is someone protecting their old way of doing things. Because once again, there are your, I don't believe in soulmates, but there are so many soulmates out there for every single human being. And, mm-hmm. and you're a gift to somebody. And I mean, generally all of you listening, you are, you know, having a person who's your person is a big deal. I mean, when I'm about to be a total bitch to my husband, I really try to remember, and I'm a very irritable person. Anyone who knows you will tell you because, you know, intuition, you're so much is going through you. But but when I'm about to be a bitch, I I think, you know what? This is my person. This is a whole human being. And, and, and do I really want to do that? And sometimes the answer is yes, I've got to be honest, (laughs) but, but, I think that one of the things that I see is that we think of things in terms of relationship, but we're still thinking of ourselves alone. A relationship is an interaction. And so when you, and I know, I know that like, I can tell, obviously you are someone who values people so deeply, mm-hmm. but when, when you do that in a, and I'm not talking about you in general, everybody, 
if you start thinking this is a whole person and this person has a lot of pieces and every person is precious and maybe with this precious person I don't want to get involved uh, but every person is precious your relationships really do change and and it's hard sometimes because people trigger us um, but I, I always worry when people cling to a prediction because what clinging to a prediction says to me is you don't really believe this is going to happen. You don't believe you have that in you. That's what clinging to a prediction is. Whereas if someone says to me, okay, if someone asks me a question, uh, when do you see me involved in an amazing relationship that turns into a a love, you know, a, a really grounded, mm-hmm. paired life together. The first thing I'll usually do is is say, I I see an engineer. I see I see that actually your ability uh, that you're beginning to listen to to express yourself in a more kind of calm and grounded way, kind of not covering with fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, is going and and the natural intelligence brilliance I might even say that comes out I'm not this is a hypothetical yes. I see that all of a sudden these people are going to be really attracted to you and one of them I sense that you're going to meet at something that's it's 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 not exactly social not exactly and you'll start to see something and you can do this for yourself all of you do this now you know when are you going to be in here you need to have like uh, details for because the details are there. Your future exists already, and you can change it. But what would that that would what that would lead me back to is if you if you are grounded and if you deal very methodically with everything, but in a way that you also let people genuinely in. And you notice, you make that a practice. I will bet you that within less than three months, you meet someone you never would have thought of. And that that person provides that opportunity. And I get a funny, an initial L. So for example, you ask people to give you some data. Because by the way, you can walk right by the, like I almost did, even mm-hmm. as intuitive as I am, you can walk right by the perfect opportunity because it's hard to do the work. It's hard to make the change. It's hard to, you know, and so it's, you know, someone who just says, oh, you're going to meet someone in this month and blah, blah, blah. That's not a reading. Mm-hmm. That's throwing spaghetti at a wall, <laughs> you know, because life is far more complex and, you know, an individual is complex. The life cycle of a grape is more complex than that. Mm-hmm. When things don't work out for us, it is from denying our own complexity. I mean, I say this, I, I am loving adopting. When I turned 60, I said, okay, I'm definitely the crone now. And I'm loving adopting that because I have seen so many generations now of of young lovers, of old lovers, of people who never thought they'd find love, of people, you know, 
who, when I first began, had come back from war and thought, oh, well, I don't have legs. Who will want me? Uh, who, like, you know, end up with the hottest partner in town. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen so much of that. And I've seen the dynamic that creates that, which is really what the circle is about. You know, it, it's, it's, I mean, I've written six books and I'm, I'm editing now my seventh. But it really is, you don't have to believe in yourself. You don't have to love yourself. You don't have to have any of those edges that people think they need to have. But what you do need to do is keep walking forward and knowing if it's not happening, it's not your fault, it's your injury. And how can you, love, how can you be kind enough to yourself to heal that injury? And once you're willing to do that, that injury will come up. That injury will come up in a friendship, somebody, some some person you've done so much for who's not being appreciative. And how could you deal with that differently? Mm-hmm. What does that bring up in you? You know, when you say you don't have to love yourself, but isn't it just easier to like like yourself a little bit? <laughs> Anybody who loves themselves more than 80 percent of the time is on really good psych meds. <laughs> or has a really <laughs> unique head injury. I sometimes someone one of the kids would say to me, "Well, I feel guilty." And I'm I'd say, "Well, good. That means you have a conscience." I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no. We are all, boy, I wish my skin still fit me the way it did when I was 25. <laughs> you know, I wish I could still show my knees. I'd never do that. Um, but you know, boy, I wish, you know, a million things were different. I wish I could hold a conversation without jumping into someone and being overly intimate with them. Boy, you know, I wish I were more athletic and love to walk and do things. Boy, I wish I could have fascinating conversations at parties instead of like picking the one person who was just discharged from a mental hospital, which actually ended up being the people who interest me, but, you know, and giving them a re- like, boy, we all have stuff we wish were different, but I have a lot of wonderful things. And mm-hmm. really, that's the world I belong in. That's the world you, all of you, belong in. So no, loving yourself, first of all, that's another paintbrush thing like manifestation. Loving yourself means being your own advocate. You don't have to feel that. As a matter of fact, nobody ever had to feel that for you. You look around and you say, okay, am I advocating well for myself in this situation? Mm-hmm. That, that's loving yourself. It's not accepting. Not everything about you is acceptable. You know, but am I being a good advocate for myself uh, in this situation? Actually, by the way, in an audition, there's a lot you can control. By the way, there's a lot you don't control. Maybe you look like someone's mother and they hated their mother. Maybe. I mean, there is. And that's true in love, too. There's a lot you can control. There's a lot you can. There are a lot of choices. There are a lot of ways to do things a little differently. There, There are a lot of choices you can make about the groups you join. There's so many choices. Um, And there's a lot of things that aren't in your control. And so what do you do? You pick the things that are in your control and Mm -hmm. do them well. And you'll see that so much more is in your control than you ever thought possible. All right. I like that. We've, uh, we've come to the end. I think that's a great place to end it. Um, do you have anything that you want to, prom- well, when does your seventh book come out? Uh, I do not have a pub date yet. Um, I love people exchanging readings on Instagram and my YouTube has a quick video on how to do Instagram readings. I don't take private clients, but I can refer you to a very well trained professional who I have trained. 
what do I want to promote? I mean, the thing that I love the most is training people to do what I do, whether it's in their own life or, um, or as professional intuitives or psychics, if you prefer. And uh, I do something called boot camp, which is two days. And all you do is get and give readings and create a structure that not only allows you to shift your life, but really trains you to use your intuition in all the areas of your life. So my favorite thing now is teaching and lecturing and being mm-hmm. interviewed. And you know, the nice thing about being older is that if you've done your life even a 10th right, you really get to choose what you like on the smorgasbord. It is very hard. And I think a lot of people listening to this maybe aren't 62. You know, <laughs> it is really much harder when when you're when you're younger. And there's so much you know, it's, it's touted to be so easy, but life is very complex and complicated and it, it, it does get easier. You don't have to believe in yourself to do the right thing, be your best, be your best advocate. And the great thing about getting readings, especially those little free readings on Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. but the great thing about getting kind of daily insights from other people that are intuitive, people who don't know you. So it has to be intuitive is that what you don't see, because none of us, the best psychic doesn't see their own things that they're repressing, what you don't see, the intuitives will bring up again and again. And then you'll decide when you have the strength and, and, and the support to act on them. So I really encourage you to work in intuitive communities and, and, and to ask for, really ask for what you need. And not just in love, even if you're looking to find love, it may be your career that's getting in the way because you're looking for love to save you from from your insecurities about your career. There's always an inner reason something's not happening. But if you set a goal and keep moving forward and embody, which are only the first three steps of the circle, Mm -hmm. you'll see that that begins to happen. And then you make choices. You are creating your life. And by the way, a miracle can happen tomorrow. Really, it, it, you cre- we are alchemists as human beings. You create your miracles and people create them with you and for you. A miracle mm-hmm. can happen tomorrow. So in your bad moments, remember that. I love that. Laura, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. And, and let me know how it goes. All of you. Oh, you know, the one other thing I want to say is that I read all my emails. So make them one line. But And I go on live all the time. So if you have a question, please, you know, ask the group, ask me, because we are all facilitating this for one another. The bigger your community, the bigger your options. Hmm. I guess I got to get more friends. Well, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like, you can rate, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you read or no, if you write me something nasty hitting on me, I will read it. This person said, let me, did I read this? No, okay. Let me part your pussy curtains like a blooming onion and writhe my brawny tongue all over that clit. <laughs> Laura's face, like a powerful fish dying at the bottom of a boat. <laughs> uh, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... 
Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.